It's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab a drink and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girl's night, all wrapped up into one. Welcome to the spiciest of spicy Mondays with Megan <laughs> and Cecilia. <laughs> I'm just so excited because everybody brought their hot takes today. So it's, it's not just like us people are going to be mad at. They're just going to be mad at all of us together, you guys, collectively. We're just going to light everything on fire. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> just hot take, hot take, hot take. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. interesting. It's going to be great. Well, let's just jump into it so we can get to all the hot takes. Megan, heck yes. Uh, heck yes is Instagram thrift pages. They're, they're, I just love them. The dress I'm wearing right now is free people. And I got it for $40 off of an Instagram thrift page. That's one I of my just, favorite colors. Puke green. Uh, my favorite. Is that puke green? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's a puke green. Is it not? <laughs> it's not a mustard and it's not a green. And it's not an olive. It's more of like a brown. I guess mm-hmm. it is green. Well, great. Uh, me and my free my people favorite. puke green. Are you being serious or are you? I can't tell. No, if I'm being serious. Like, <laughs> I'm literally, it's really one of my favorite colors to wear. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy my puke green dress. I love it. Uh, just Instagram their pages. They're, they take my money, but um, less, they take less of my money than the original store would take. So feels like a win <laughs> also just, you just can't you can't thrift as much anymore once you have lots of littles because you need to take the time like the the whole fun of thrifting is just like not going in with needing something and you just take your time and explore mm-hmm. you can't really do that when you so have then how is that littles. fun how is that fun on instagram <laughs> because i still get the deals to an extent maybe mm-hmm. not as good as I could by myself, but I still get the deals and I still get excited about like the brand finds mm-hmm. for like a portion of the price. And then it's like, they'll drop, they do all the curating for me. So I just follow the pages that I know curate good items and find good items. And then I already know that like, it's going to be a good item. It's going to be good quality. And it's going to get to me pretty quickly after I purchase it. And then I get excited about the drops and I get to scroll through and see what fits me or what would be my size. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of fun. That's my problem is like, whenever I order clothes online, I typically order two sizes of everything because oh, I'm between I a medium. Right. So how do they do that? Oh, like, I don't know. I think that's probably why I enjoy it. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't even have to like, it's such a steal and it's a brand and it's like, like I could resell this to someone. I feel like easily. And so I don't have to worry about returning or anything. I just, that's what feels like more work to me. I'm like, Oh, Oh. like this, like it's more, it's going to be sitting in my closet for three years until I decide to sell it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have closet sales multiple times a year. Yeah. I need to do one. Yeah. My whole thing is like, (laughs) I don't know. And I I want that free people set if you're getting rid of it because you went from, is it blue and white? I thought it was black and white. Blue and white. Yeah. Okay. 
mm-hmm. you know exactly which one I'm talking about. Cause I mentioned yeah. it last time I was at your house. It's like but, a beach. I mean, look, Boho's great for me for like a West coast vacation, a beach trip, <laughs> you know, I don't know my style. I don't have a specific style. I just buy what I like. And the same thing goes to people like, how do you, what's your style for like, you know, decorating your home? I'm like me, <laughs> whatever and, I like. I wish I had We've one. talked about this before though. Like we, when we were walking around the antique store, we were talking about like, if we could like come up with a name for our individual styles, mm-hmm. yours was like modern Victorian, modern Victorian. Yeah. It was like refined grandma essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause like when I go to Cece's house, I'm like, my grandma might've had that in her house, but it didn't for sure. look as good. Like it didn't look as intentional. It looked a little cluttered and maybe dusty, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, that's, well, that's so a, true. that's a great transition to my heck. Yes. Is, okay. um, just like decorating on a budget is so fun for me. Um, you know, I've only spent, I only have a few new things in my home. One is a mirror curtains, rugs, and one, my, my master bed, mm-hmm. everything else is thrifted. Oh, and one chair, um, in my outdoor furniture, that's it. Everything Mm -hmm. else was thrifted Facebook marketplace or antique shops or thrift shops. And it is so fun because people come to my house and there is a story behind every single piece. It's not just, Oh, I went to target and bought this from the Magnolia. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's also just so much more satisfying. It's like, I, took the time. I was patient. I found this item on my own yes. and wanted it for my home. It wasn't just like, Oh, I'll buy this. Like the other a hundred people today are buying it. Yes. Like you work hard for it. You know, I've been looking for this, um, Brown wooden corner shelf that maybe goes up five feet and I've seen multiple, it's like a very common antique piece, but they've yeah. all been like $300. And this weekend I found one for $35. You found and- one? I did. And I was like, this is why you wait, you know, like it's so much more rewarding. Yes. I was like, yes, there might be a few chips. I can do it with, I can like mark them up or, you know, fix them with a wood marker, um, like a Brown marker and it will be great. And, and so what I was going to say is my heck yes. is like getting beautiful frames from Goodwill, St. Vincent de Paul, whatever it is, and choosing your own artwork that goes on the walls, because so many times we think, okay, that's a bare wall. I'm just going to go to home goods and grab something, maybe like a canvas oh, print geez. or something, no. you know, but there is such a beauty in finding a frame you like, because framing, let me tell you, if anyone's gotten anything custom framed, it's extremely expensive. It you is. can go to Hobby Lobby. It could be at least $70. I'm yep. not kidding. The one or, I have only done, the only one I've done was over yeah. $70. Oh yeah. And it's not even a big frame. And no. then you want to add gold on like it. I mean, eight you're by talking, 10. Yeah. yeah. And it's wooden. Yes. Something that's going to fill the wall. You're talking at least $200 for an ornate gold frame. And you can get gold frames that already have prints in them. You don't have to like the print, just rip the back off. I was showing it on my Instagram stories over the weekend and you can get them for like $3 and then find a local printer don't do CVS or something. Their oh, prints no. are terrible and are the gonna colors be like, are awful. Yeah. Just go on Google maps and be like printer, you know, and you'll find a local place. There's always a local place and create your own. It's so much more, um, it's so much character. People are going to ask you about the artwork. I always just download artwork. I buy it from Etsy, different places. And I think it just adds so much character. Like 
I have this one, it's behind me now, but it's of a, it's a, like a, almost like a landscape, almost abstract, um, print of an original oil painting from the Kentucky Derby. Mm -hmm. And it is so beautiful. And so anyways, now that I'm in Kentucky, I was like, I need to do something. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this is just like, heck yes. This is your encouragement to take the time to be a little more patient. yeah. Patient, go outside your comfort zone and just be unique with something you put on your wall because you, it's your yes. atmosphere, you know, it's your yes. environment. And I was going to say, I feel like you have a lot more pride in it. Like when I find a find from Goodwill or something, like I have that jacket that's blue, tan and jean. It's different, like color blocks. I yes. wore it horseback riding with Avery for his birthday. I had a lot of people ask me where I found it. That is one of my favorite finds. And I have so like, I, I love get it. so giddy every time I wear it. Because I like, it was just a random find that I had. And now every time you see those prints, you're going to be like, wow, I put that together up on my wall. I picked out that print or print. I liked it a lot. And it reminds me of Kentucky. And when you move, you're going to have it still. And it's just like so much more meaningful than Mm -hmm. just like, I don't know. I feel like we're consumers so much that we, we lose, we lose a bit of pride or patience in in intentionality. Yes. Yes, exactly. Instead wow. of this like sterile white home, that is such yeah, that's like such a thing, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what's your heck no? Um, my heck no is battery charge lawnmowers. That's what we have. It's a Ryobi. If you're a lawnmower, you're a lawnmower gal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how many of y'all are out there, but we have it's a battery. It's not, it doesn't take gasoline or anything like that. So it's a battery. So you have to charge it. And then if you want your grass to be a certain length or like shortness, it requires more effort from the lawnmower. So the battery dies quicker. So over the past, I was like determined to have it short. So it looked really nice and was like perfect to walk on and could last longer than a week before needing mode again. Yeah. It took three days because I had to keep charging the battery. And then I, obviously it didn't actually take 72 hours. Right. But it took me three days to finish. And there was always like one patch of grass left that needed charge or needed mode. This is exactly like, why I didn't buy my own lawnmower is because I just, I don't want to do the whole gasoline situation, going back and forth, ugh, pulling it, no. getting it started, that whole thing. And then like dragging it inside and like, you know, in my basement, because I don't have a shed and like, it's just a whole thing, but then battery powered, I have a battery powered, um, weed whacker, which is fine. Yeah. I need to weed whack my whole yard. I will, but (laughs) (laughs) just out there whacking away, (laughs) but look battery powered, like lawn tools. It's just not it. It's just not, no, they were not meant for that. They need something with more stamina, fake news, fake news. (laughs) Okay. So my heck no is that I really think any coffee past 2 PM makes me more tired. And honestly, Mm. there's probably some scientific reason for it, but caffeine really does have the opposite effect on me in the afternoon. Like in the morning, I'm fine, but in the afternoon, it really does exhaust me. So Hmm. I don't know. That's just my, it's, I need to look more into it. You are unique. Some people that it's like some people with ADHD, like counteracts. So I've heard that. So I I don't know. I'm going to do more research into it, but curious. I don't think that's the case for Avery. No, probably not. (laughs) Consumes it like it's water. (laughs) Just brown water. I know. Uh. (laughs) Well, we should just jump in. Oh yeah. Um, I'm so excited. 
Meg, what's the, I, I don't, I didn't really like write down my own hot takes um, because there's just, I have a lot that I just want to rebuttal, mm. <laughs> but I do have this one hot on take. Brand. Tell yes. us, tell us. You have one hot take and it's that you can have a different opinion than others and still not judge their character. So like you yes. can disagree with their idea, but it's not disagreeing with who they are as a person, you know, Correct. like you can the- judge uh, a, a action, but not judge the person. It's separate. Right. And so, exactly. yeah. And so, you know, all these hot takes we're going through, I respect that you've taken the time to develop an opinion. I really do, but it doesn't mean I'll agree. <laughs> oh, agreed. I was writing some of these down from DMS and I was like, I'm kind of offended, but I'm going to say, I'm going to share it anyways. Cause we asked for your hot takes and hot takes are going to be a bit polarizing. Yeah. That is like the point of a hot take. Is spicy. Like spicy. Yeah, exactly. But it's I honor all good fun. It right. Is, like it truly is. But and maybe you'll learn something. I don't know. Maybe I'll learn something. Shoot. Yeah. It, it really, um, it like widens a perspective and yeah, I honor that you took time to create an opinion. Cause I think I would rather have someone disagree with me, but took mm-hmm. time to actually develop a stance on something than someone that yes. never took the time to even think about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Agreed. There Agreed. we go. So Meg, okay. hot take. I have two. We'll start with the um, more fiery one. Um, gentle parenting is a scam. So here's what I mean. I honed in on it for two years with Carrie and we were teaching her to, you know, breathe when she got overworked or mad. We sat down on the floor with her when she was upset or misbehaving. We gave her options every single time for a snack, which sippy cup, which book, which stuffed animal. Then I started to realize she thought we were on the same playing field. So like she thought we had the same level of authority and that we were like buddies. And that's what I mean by the fact that it's a scam because there's no hierarchy. There's Mm -hmm. no one who's like responsible. There's no authority figure. And that's why biblical parenting, parental authority and discipline is like so necessary because otherwise you're just going to raise children that have no concept of respecting an authority figure and understanding their place as children. They don't get everything we get. There is a natural and necessary hierarchy. And so teaching children to breathe and extending understanding and grace is one thing that I can totally get behind. And I think it's like a life skill that we do need to like share with them. But then, but claiming that gentle parenting is the best and only way, otherwise you're traumatizing your kid. It's a farce. Like, yeah, well, it's like teaching a child how to have emotional regulation is one thing, but letting them do whatever they want because it's them getting it out is a whole separate thing. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There needs to be some form. I've just found so often on gentle parenting pages and posts and stuff that there is no boundary. There's no, like, there's no hard line. It's just all like, well, whatever works best or however it's relative. Yes. And it's just so to me, kids need, and they're seeking, because I see it with Carrie. I'm not just like coming up with this. They're seeking and they need like very clear cut rules right up front. They need to know where the boundary is. They need to know that they're safe because of those boundaries. Like they they just can't run wild um, because we're just so overly um, available, so overly empathetic that we forsake things like discipline or um demanding respect well they run the household then not you yeah uh, yeah. well because we're friends 
It's mm-hmm. like, whatever. Yeah. We, when I misbehave, my mom sits down on the floor and like calms me down. How the heck does that make any sense? And then you add, I'm, I'm convinced too, that most of the like massive gentle parenting stuff happens when you only have like two kids max, because there's no possible way that you're sitting down with every single kid, every single time they don't get what they want and they're throwing a fit. Mm-hmm. Also, there's no way you are still running that household. <laughs> right. You have to have rules. <laughs> yeah. So rules and boundaries. Anyways, I love it. That's my hot take. Um, the other hot take is that if you don't own a Stanley Cup, you're 100 percent dehydrated, and I guarantee your pee is too yellow. So <laughs> that is just my thought. Okay, like Yetis came before Stanleys, so I get it. But I will say now that I have a Stanley, there is something so convenient about having a handle because mm-hmm. I'm more likely to bring it in the car. Because whenever I was like holding my Yeti, it was really like it's just thick, you know, and there's no place to hold. And it's just like the amount of times I've dropped my Yeti or spilled it all over my laptop while like trying to move stuff into another room is yep. unquantifiable. So <laughs> that's what I've been telling people for the past two years. There's a handle, there's a straw and it fits in the cup holder. What else do you want? Yeah. I've I never get been it. more hydrated. I will in my say though, no, I'm like, I did not get the 40 ounce. I got the 30 ounce because <laughs> Megan, when she was at my house, she would just like clink it on the table and put it right in front of her. And I couldn't even see her face across the table. I would walk over and move it to the side and then she'd take a drink and put it right down back in the middle. It's like, I didn't even notice you did that. No, but it was just like, it was so annoying to me because it was almost just like this center, you know, like at weddings when the center pieces are too tall and you can't even interact anymore. (laughs) Just like see an eyebrow, you know, yeah, that is the 40 ounce Stanley. I'm sorry. It just, it it's to too much. It's overkill. It's much. Okay. That's, your, that's your hot take. It's <laughs> equivalent to that guy in high school that carries around the gallon of water. Okay. Yeah. It's equivalent. I, I didn't like that guy. No, <laughs> <laughs> no one likes that guy. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. My neighbor has a loud motorcycle and you probably heard that. Oh, I didn't actually. Okay. But, um, I love now- that he only rides his motorcycle when all kids in the neighborhood go to sleep. It's really that's great. That's true. That's true. He does my hot take. Yeah. (laughs) Motorcycles should have a curfew. They should. Um, (laughs) Some of the hot takes from girls in our DMs. Uh, One is breastfeeding shouldn't be done in public, but especially mass men can't help but be distracted by it. I kindly disagree because it is uh, feeding your child. So if you have to tiptoe around people to feed your child for the first, you know, year of its life, that feels extremely stressful, especially because for babies, it's like, not only is it feeding, but it's also soothing. And so if you're having to navigate every single thing with them by like removing yourself from the building and the vicinity of people around you, I just, you can get covered. I mean, for me, pick one. It's like either you have a crying baby throughout an hour mass or Mm -hmm. you are the mom's allowed to nurse or, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. So, um, Someone else said babies and animals are not siblings. Your dog is not big brother to your baby. Thank Agreed. you. Thank you. Agreed. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, your dog's not going to heaven. It doesn't have the same soul as a human. It's true. Um, that's Catholic church teaching. So you guys can get <laughs> mad at that if you want. Uh, it's a red flag when a guy doesn't like sports, doesn't watch them, follow them, play them or anything. That's just their hot take. They like her and her girlfriends 
get fired up about it, um, which I guess I actually think I would agree with. I think it would be weird to me if a guy didn't at least enjoy sports to some capacity. Like if he just was like, I don't ever really care to go to a baseball game or, you know, I don't know. For me, it's not sports. It's just like athletics in general. Right. Like, like it's not now. Like, like, I don't care if you have no interest in watching, you know, these college athletes, like dribble a ball around a court. Like, I don't care. But if you don't even have like a, like an urge to like work out and like be athletic or be yes. not even like, you don't need to be, cause like ath- being an athlete, like takes some coordination. Like you don't even need to be coordinated, but like you need to have like a desire to, to be fit be in an activity. Yes. yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think that's kind of where my brain went when I was reading that one, I would just thought back to like every civilization ever and men involved in those civilizations, they were always like doing sports. I just think like Romans, there was something, there was something like, right. There was know? some physical activity to tough yes. them up. Yes. And so I agree. Hot take. Uh, it's a red flag when a guy is not involved in any of that. Um, someone else said hot take clock clips aren't actually cute. They're just trendy for most girls. It looks like a giant piece of plastic on their head. I put this in our doc as I was wearing a clock clip and felt pretty cute in it. So <laughs> but I do think they're being like, it's like overkill. Like, I think it's a trend that's kind of been taken too far. Like girls don't do their hair anymore. They just throw everything grown up and slicked back in a claw clip. And it's like, there's a time and a place. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lazy way to do your hair, which is why when I'm being lazy, I use a claw clip. Correct. (laughs) Or a scrunchie. You know what I mean? Like that's literally messy button. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like when I don't want to do my hair, that's it. But if that didn't exist, I would probably wash my hair more. <laughs> I probably still want to wash my hair more, but I would be way more intentional with how I styled it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I like don't use heat on my hair anymore unless I'm like going out. I really don't. Yeah. It's just me and I can just keep it straight or put it in a ponytail. I don't know. The, Just the, I let it air the dry. Founding, the founding father's hairstyle. Yes. Avery's favorite. <laughs> his favorite. The low pony. <laughs> That's his hot take. The founding Ooh, yeah. father's hairstyle should be abolished. Um, okay. Well, Megan does put the part right down the middle and then puts a low pony and it like covers just a little tip of her ear. And <laughs> I look like Abraham Lincoln's son going off to war. i don't even know if he had a son oh anyways uh one more hot take from the dms if you're single and constantly trying to set up your single guy friend you should probably give dating him a shot if you trust him and take your friends out you must think highly of him sometimes it works out and you get engaged speaking from experience i've never actually heard that take before but i like it i would say that's valid yeah yeah i agree otherwise why are you pawning him off to your friends Hmm. Hmm. I was going to say, I was going to say, because you're already married, but then, well, yes, but, but if then... you're single in this situation <laughs> and pawning them off, it's like, you see something that doesn't check out for you. Yeah. I'm like, but tell me what your red flag is right. first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell me why you don't want him. And then we can talk. Right. Right. 
it's the same thing with like thrifting clothes. You know, you should be like, okay, so like, why don't you want it anymore? <laughs> yes. I've actually had that thought before. Like, is there something wrong with it? Do you want to tell me about it? <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. So we're going to move on to voicemails and I really did like, it's just going to be good. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be good. But Meg, you want to tell us about the little Catholic? Always. Always. Never. Um, miraculous metal bracelet I've had on my wrist for over a month now. I love it. It's got like, what is this called? Cuban links. It's like of. a chain it's link. Sort of. It's really, yeah. oh my gosh, that's beautiful. It's kind of like a Marian consecration bracelet. It is. It's, um, a miraculous metal one, but it's really pretty. It's 18 karat gold filled, which means it's not plated. It's not going to rust and turn green right away. It's not going to make your wrist turn green. Um, but it still has a price tag that's reasonable and it's not mm-hmm. just like gold carrot. So right. we love to see the in-between, the virtuous mean, if you will, of jewelry. <laughs> um, and you can use code HEC20 for 20% off. Very, very generous discount. I could see 20% off this miraculous metal bracelet that's already only 50 something dollars. So yeah, highlight of my life is looking down and seeing this on my wrist. Sometimes I'll stack it with a couple gold bracelets from the little Catholic. And it's just, it's like the little touches that elevate an outfit. I was just talking to a girlfriend about that, about how I easy was, it is yes, to, throw, with jewelry. to throw jewelry on. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh, you actually look like you took time this morning. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I know. I usually don't not have earrings on. It's just part of the routine. Same. I feel like, Same. um, the best place to get, um, or I was going to say, so not the best place to get, but I have really been looking into getting, um, just a, like a really delicate gold kind of like rectangle watch. Mm. And, um, I just want to start wearing, so I haven't worn anything on my wrist in a really long time. And so I want to get a bracelet that I really love something like mm. you have, and just like a very dainty watch and just have those two as like my go-to wrist. Yes. Um, jewelry. Cause I, I just don't currently have wrist jewelry. Okay. So here Maybe we are. There's a birthday coming up. My husband's a big watch man. So Maybe is he? Watch. I need to, I need yeah. to have Avery message him because Avery wants to get a watch that he can dress up and dress down. If only he, he could, could message, also... I'm sure he would love to do that. Yeah. We'll <laughs> wait till uh, Christmas. <laughs> Circle back to this conversation yep. at Christmas. Oh yeah. Patrick would love to help buy a watch with someone else's money. That's probably his favorite thing ever. (laughs) Aside from chess, for sure. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Excuse me. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to figure out which one to start with. Um, they're all so good. I've never heard any of these, so I'm very excited. Okay. Let's start with this one. Um, it's anyways, we're just going to dive in. It just you don't need commentary from me because there'll be enough on the back end. Okay. <laughs> Hi, here for a hot take. I'm gonna keep this one anonymous, but I think that it is unethical and potentially immoral to be a landlord. Um, I have a lot of friends in my mid twenties that are trying to, you know, build wealth and buy a house and then move and then rent out their old house. My question is, how do you control someone else's home and live in your own home when there are so many people who have no home. So it's a hot take. No one else wants to talk to me about it, but I feel the way that I feel. 
very excited for this episode. Can't wait to hear everyone's hot takes. All right. Should I just dive in? I think you should. I, okay. I see I see her point. I'm just going to say that. I don't. I really, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but maybe you could tell me after I make my okay. argument. Okay. Okay. So, excuse me. We live in a free market economy and that's the beauty of America and a free market economy is one in which, you know, the operation of the economy is mostly left to the private hands, the private, like us is, you know, it's um, minimum government regulation, restricting on buying of selling goods, services, and in this case, real estate. And so if someone is a landlord, then they signed if someone is living in a rented property, they signed a contract and agreed to be in a home owned by someone else. And that was stepping into that with full freedom and praise God for renting, because I think it'd be really ignorant to say that we can't have rentals because the majority of Americans cannot afford to buy a home and let alone get a down payment for the loan for, for, you know, like a purchase, um, or be approved by the loan. And so if there were no landlords, then what would they do? They would be in government housing. So it actually create more of a problem that you're talking about. And I also think it's really like narrow-minded because the rest of the world, many people don't own homes. It's very much an American dream type of thing. Like in Europe, it's very rare to own a home and most can only really acquire property if it's passed down in the family. And so why would I not have someone pay the rent for the home that they use? Like if I was a landlord and I had multiple rental properties and people were living in it, why, and and I have to pay the mortgage. My hot take is that it's actually unethical for that person to not pay for what they are using. Okay. Unethical means that is, it is not morally correct. Okay. So it is, I would argue that is, it is only morally correct if you pay for what you use. It would be unethical to take free handouts and expect hardworking Americans who made good financial choices to pay your way because they can. I would really, really, really anonymous like to challenge you that because just because someone chooses a different route to invest instead of, you know, stock market investing, they go to the real estate investing round route. It doesn't mean it's unethical. It just means it's different than what you have chosen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, so I didn't think about it, her call from that standpoint, particularly, I was thinking she's coming at it from, because we have so many people investing in real estate and renting out their properties for more than like what the mortgage maybe is so that they make extra money, which they end up having to use to then take care of the property's extra stuff. Because that's kind of one of the perks of renting is you have someone that fixes the big things that go wrong. Typically, Um, I feel like she was just talking about how people take advantage of having lots of rental properties and they take advantage of the people that rent in those properties by jacking up the prices. And that to her is unethical. I assumed that's where she was coming from with it. I didn't assume she was saying like, you shouldn't be charged for living in a rental property. She said, if you, you, she said, when people don't have homes, why would you? I think I thought I was thinking like broad world. I I grew up in a family who was like, everyone in the world has it worse than you do. (laughs) And so I was thinking she was like, if people in the world are living without homes, 
how can you stand here and own a home that you live in and own 10 more that you're upcharging other people to live in? And I'm like, okay, okay. Eh, I get it. I, I would but like also to argue. America. Go ahead. Right. Argue. Yeah. I mean, there, that's <laughs> this the what thing, we like, do best. This is what we do. <laughs> there's a real estate market because there, there's not like a lack of homes, right? Because things go for sale, that proves the argument wrong that there's a lack of homes, right? And and if we chose to not have any rentals to kill the rental economy, there would be a massive domino funnel that would actually kill the economy and we would have a 2008 uh, real estate collapse. Yeah. None of us would like that inflation, let me tell you. Well, let me tell you right now. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of like her argument is going against everything that a free market economy stands for. Correct. But I do think to play devil's advocate, some people would say, oh, well, there's certain things about, um, oh my gosh, why am I, I mean, free market, but there's another word. It doesn't start with the C. Oh, shoot. Um, there's certain people that would argue the way America runs is not like a Christian like, wait, uh, oh my gosh, I need to think of the word. It starts with the Socialism? Like, like people will push for socialism because we're not socialist. We're, what is the other word? We're not socialist. I mean, I really think the Christian way is to pay for what you use. Agreed. Socialism's absolutely, socialism and communism have been condemned by the church, I'm pretty sure. Like, well, yeah, as socialism, I don't know what the church says, but socialism pretty much says that, you know, things that are produced and distributed and exchanged should be owned or regulated by the community, AKA government as a whole. Yes. Which is what she's talking about. It should be regulated, which is to me ridiculous. If you want like to live in a socialist country, there's plenty of them. Oh, totally. And they never really work. Capitalism is what I was talking about. Some people will argue, especially faithful Christians will argue that there are unethical things about capitalism. And maybe there are because it's, I mean, it's a man-made system, you know, like this isn't how it was supposed to be. We live in a fallen world. There's going to be holes in each system, but it, I do think it supports Christian faith the best in the most, in the most moral ways possible that a government could possibly run. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I I just I agree with everything you said. I did yeah. definitely didn't. I think it was just an empty where I came from an empty argument, like a straw man's argument. It's an emotional yeah. argument. That's yes. what it is. Because yeah. I feel bad that people don't have homes. People that buy homes should give theirs for them free. out for free. Yes, and I absolutely disagree with that one hundred percent because that's that's the whole Christian business world especially yeah. like the do whole, it for free. Don't you feel do it bad? For free. It's all service. It's all charity. It's all whatever. Okay. So how does anyone put food on the table ever? And how does anyone then make money to then throw at things that'll make a difference in the world? Yeah. Let me tell you, Catholics built education system, the medical system, mm-hmm. all of it. And the only way to build that is with to have money, money, And there's a reason why all of that is slipping away. We might have the name, you know, whatever, St. Joe's Hospital, whatever it is. Right, St. Joe's. 
I don't know. St. Joe, man. Yeah. A same real kicker. <laughs> right. But it's like, they're not really run by the Catholics anymore. Yeah. It might be. It's just anyways, it, that's a whole podcast. That's a whole nother hot day. Just like to expand your brain on that. Um, okay. So Meg, I think you'll, this, this one's really for you. Ooh, doesn't really nervous. apply to me. I'm kind yet. of excited. Yeah. Of course. Like I have an, opi- I have an opinion on things that don't apply to me, but I'll really let oh, you take this. Of <laughs> hey ladies, going to keep this one anonymous. Um, but my hot take is that getting your nails done is not self-care nor is like, uh, chilling out, watching a show at the end of the night or whatever. Um, self-care is something that actually like physically cares for your body or like actually cares for your soul. Um, Obviously getting your nails done, totally fine, super fun, love it. Um, Watching a show, also totally fine, Um, fun thing to do with your spouse, but they're just not self-care things. And I feel like um, sometimes when you have them as your self-care, you can be left feeling kind of empty. So I think self-care is more something like, okay, you want a little break during your day, um, go for a walk outside, a walk in silence, get some fresh air, get some good sunlight, um, get moving. That's a self-care thing. Um, you're really exhausted at the end of the day um, and you just want to tune out. Okay, pour a hot bath, dump some Epsom salts in there um, and read a good book. Um, or you feel like you need some time away from your kids, which I also have a hot take on that. Um, but put them in the stroller for their nap time and go for a walk while they sleep in the stroller so you can have some quiet time without having to call a babysitter every time or something like that. And then also kind of, um, a hot take within a hot take is that I don't love the whole like, oh, it's really good for your kids to know that you need a break or whatever. You need to go to your room and just have some mom time. And this is coming from a mom. Um, I I just don't want my kids growing up thinking like, oh, mom needed a break from me. Um, but I'd rather kind of schedule in my alone time without having to tell them that I need a break for them. So like waking up 20 minutes earlier and just having some quiet, calm morning time to myself rather than telling them I need a break from them or saying, let's go to noon mass um, so that you can have a beautiful afternoon rather than telling your kids you need a break from them. So those are my hot takes. God bless. Okay. What do you think? So many things that I, I was, I saw Megan like that. clicked her pen and then like went on writing. I was like, Ooh, this is going to be well, I started trying to take notes, but then I was trying to listen to because she yeah. went down so many different like routes with it that I was like, oh, dang it. I have thoughts on this, but now she's going off on a different route. So I'll start by saying this. Yes. You cannot fill voids with things. You cannot like expect to feel filled up after watching a show. You cannot expect to feel more rested after getting your nails done. That like literally practically will not happen. However, I will say there there's a part of our daughterhood that gets lost when we become a mom because we just pour everything into becoming a mom. And even our vocation as a wife oftentimes gets lost because we just exert ourselves overboard into being a mom. And we do it well-meaning, 
but it's all backwards because the first thing we were before any of this is a daughter. So when I think about self-care, I think about, okay, how do I get back to being a daughter of God first and foremost? Not a wife, not a mom, not a photographer, not a podcaster, an influencer, whatever, just a daughter of God. What are things that make me feel like a daughter? What are things that I love or would have loved for my dad to have prioritized for me to let me know that I was lavished, loved on as a daughter? Well, I would want to sit in conversation with him and just have quality time with him and hear what he has to say to me and let him know what my thoughts and feelings are. So going to church and just journaling and writing with God by myself with having had a sitter makes me feel like a daughter. Getting my nails done makes me feel like a daughter. It's not a practical thing. We talked about this, I think, a podcast or two ago, like the impracticality of beauty mm-hmm. yeah, is what yeah, makes it so much more. Totally listen to it. I think it was three weeks ago. It was beauty okay. for the sake of beauty. Yes, yes. Um, the impracticality of beauty is what makes it that much more meaningful almost, or it gives it that much more weight. The fact that this is not a practical thing And obviously I'm not saying you pick between feeding your children three meals a day and getting your nails done. Like you have got to be like, come on. Like that is not the conversation. And I know, I know that's not the argument she was saying, but I I know, but I know there are people that are like, wow, you're telling me that you would rather do that than anyways. Um, And I also think it's extremely important to like be alone for a second, whether it's the 20 minutes up in the morning. Great. Sometimes seasonally, that's not even doable. If your kid's getting up at 5 50 AM, shout out to Carrie Carrie. last year. Um, not getting up at 5 AM. I'm so sorry. Um, but I do like, we are mind, body, and soul. We have to take care of all of those things. The things that she mentioned as self-care for herself. I totally agree. We do those as well. And they fill me up, but I also think doing things like getting your nails done, getting a sitter so you can go sit in church alone, getting sitters so you can go on a day date with your husband because when's the last time you went on a day date with your husband if you're a mom um all those kinds of things are also self-care and I think they're also things that fill over into the family like Carrie recognizes when mom and dad are in tune and when we go out on a date and then we come back and she asks us about it and there's a whole like there was a quote I saw yesterday the best gift a dad can give his children is to love their mother well And obviously that doesn't mean throwing money at her to do whatever she wants or going on expensive dates all the time, but it, it runs under the same umbrella. Um, and I, I will tell Carrie in the middle of the day, if we're having a rough day, if she's having a rough day, if I'm just like at my wits end, Hey, mama needs to sit in her room for a second and just be, be in the quiet alone. I think that's healthy. I tell that to Avery. I want Avery to tell that to me. I want uh-huh. Carrie to be able to express that to me. Which she does. She's like, I think she I does. need some alone time. She does. She'll tell any of us that. She's like, like, please. I need to be alone. And I'm like, okay. Like, Where would please. you like to do this alone time? I'm like, <laughs> how can I support your need to be alone and untouched and unbothered for a second? Because that's a human need. And the ability to express that instead of being around me and like being irritable or like losing her cool or whatever it's so much more better for her to just say that to just tell me and to establish that and I think that's that it's healthy um it doesn't mean that I can't be around my kids 24 7 but it does 
<laughs> that there are limits that people have and to be able to vocalize them clearly before having an emotional response or reaction to being overstimulated or overwhelmed or whatever it's so much better to just effectively communicate that up front so yeah. I challenge that one specifically no, that's at the very good. end I definitely have a, com- a few comments like tell me it seems a little bit like a recipe to be burned out And I think this actually drives a lot of women to that burning point is when you don't have time to yourself. Like this is actually what drives mothers crazy, Mm -hmm. like mentally crazy is never having a moment to yourself. You can't go pee by yourself. The last thing you want is to take your kid to your self-care or for your self-care to involve your kids because you're not by yourself, right? It's we care not self-care. Okay. Right. Right. I also think like specifically the nail thing, I totally get what you mean anonymous by like, you know, having it benefit your body. I get that. I've never actually thought of that, but I will say with the nail thing, nails bring comp. If that's, it helps with your confidence. I really, really think it does. There's something feminine about having beautiful nails painted. Mm -hmm. And this goes back centuries, right? It's the same with makeup, like women in tribes wearing makeup. Okay. There's something feminine about that, but also that if, if having your nails done makes you have a more posh, like a better feminine posture, which I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of like wearing a dress. It changes your posture and how you approach your day. Yes. You show up better for your husband and your kids. To me, that domino effect of yes. those nails is self-care at that point. And, um, you know, I want my future children to know that I have passions that don't include them and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's good. I want them to have passions that don't include me. Right. <laughs> I think there's a healthy level of detachment there. Like this is something I've been having discussions about with our spiritual director for probably a year now at this point mm-hmm. since They're, since Jeannie was born yes mothers specifically need to practice a certain level of detachment from their kids because otherwise they're the parents that don't want their kids moving out. They're the parents that have their kids living under their roof. They're the parents that have kids that don't know how to make decisions for themselves, don't know how to make friends for themselves. And I'm not saying that this is your case anonymous whatsoever. I'm just expressing the importance for detachment for moms specifically. And that's what this French trips was enlarged for me was a massive act of detachment from my girls and it was hard and it was tough and I don't there were tears there were were tears there were tears I'm not looking forward to ever doing that again it's not like a goal of mine to practice detachment for 12 days a year every year now (laughs) I'm not doing that but when I came back there was a lot that happened that was good because I I detached myself for a bit That happened for Avery, that happened for Carrie, that happened for my mother-in-law. There was a lot in the family that was like flourished. There was more good than more good than bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Outweighing it. Um, and I would just, I would love to know that if I asked my mom, like it would make me so happy as a daughter to know that my mom took care of herself and enjoyed her like herself and wasn't just like. Well, I have to be with you guys 24 seven because otherwise like that's how resentment you know? builds. I, that is a yeah. recipe for resent resenting your motherhood, which is yes. terrible. Yes. And, and my, I will reiterate the words of my priest, the whole thing of you can run on empty and that you don't need to fill your cup 
and that with God's grace, you can just do it all and you don't actually need to take any practical steps to like set aside time for yourself. That's a diabolical lie. Like he literally said, that is the biggest lie I've ever seen in motherhood. I see it over and over and over again that I'm supposed to run on empty. I'm supposed to be able to do it. As long as I just lean into God, I can just run on empty and just keep going. No, no. Diabolical lie. Yeah. I love that. I was like, dang. And that was really encouraging for me to hear because I was, I was eating up that truth. Well, what I, you know, lie. I was eating up that lie. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't just, why would I go get my nails done? Like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, I don't, why, why would I do that? What, what, what does that produce? Like productively, what does that give to my family? Mm -hmm. But it's exactly what you said. It's the confidence. It's the whole posture. Every time I'm like cutting fruit for the girls, I look down and I see my nails and I'm like, oh, those are really cute. Like I Mm -hmm. I took the time to get those done for myself. And Mm -hmm. it's just small, small things like that, that totally domino into a cup that's overflowing for the whole family. Yeah. They change your posture for the day. Um, all right. Well, that was great. Great convos. So my, the next one is totally a hot take in the Catholic community, but first hallow, but first prayer, (laughs) but first let's pray. (laughs) Um, okay. So hallow, you've heard us talk about them before. And if you haven't, then you must be skipping our ads and that is unacceptable. Um, (laughs) Hot take. We're offended. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So hallow is the biggest Christian prayer app. It is incredible. It's not like a Christian app where you think we're like the technology is like 10 years behind, you know, um, like most Christian production things. This is legit high performing, extremely well laid out, extremely high tech, just incredible app. And I can say that because I used to work in the app development world and this is an incredible application. So, um, just the quality there, but they have something they do. It's called a seven day series of saints where they highlight a saint that's not as well known, um, or not as popular and they have a new saint every week. And so it's like a seven day challenge and pretty much there's a new audio um, kind of like mini series podcast that comes out every week and the app gives you notification when the new one's out and the episodes are like eight, eight minutes long. I mean, so digestible, but this week's is St. Ignatius of Loyola. And it shows like how many people are praying it, like over 70,000 people are praying this one this week. That's that is so cool. It's <laughs> wild. It is incredible. I'm like, dang, if we could have 70,000 people on this podcast, we'd be- <laughs> <laughs> too bad for not St. Ignatius of Loyola, dang it. <laughs> so guys, check it out. You can get three months free at com backslash what in the dang hack. And as always, you can find everything in the show notes. All right. You guys are ready for this one. I have a lot to say, and I did a lot of research on it specifically for this. Oh no. (laughs) No. Yeah. Cause I wanted to not have my rebuttal to the hot take to be opinion-based. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. I I wanted to be very neutral. So here we go. Curious. Um, this is Allie, my sister and I, um, we're listeners, left to listen in the car. Um, my big heck yes is that I love guitar at mass. Like, you know, I know people like more traditional music and like, okay, go off. But I mean, at the cathedral, yes, I'll expect organ, 
but when it's at my at my church, like local one, like yes, bring out the guitar, strum it, play those K Love songs. So that's my heck yes, guitar at mass. Okay, Are you ready? Go okay. for it. I, look, <laughs> I love that you called in because this is just a great opportunity for us to all just get on the same page here. Okay. <laughs> You're going confident with this research you've done here. <laughs> so number one, I would just like to challenge you as to, you know, why the cathedral would be different than your diet, like your regular church, because yeah. it's the same Jesus. So why does the location of the church change the way that the mass is celebrated? Mm. Um, it shouldn't, there should be the same standard across the board. That's why it's called the universal church. You should go to a church in France, to a church in, you know, Southern Alabama to LA yeah. and it should all be the same mass. So, okay. Guitar at mass. There is this guy. So this is like really passion topic for Patrick, which is why I kind of knew <sighs> what to research. Um, but Brian Haldsworth, he has a super great video on YouTube. He's like a Catholic YouTuber and it's called, um, Gregorian chant versus praise and worship. And, um, I don't know, I just like took some things from it. And kind of, so, so just hear me out. It might take five minutes, but it will be worth your time. I promise. So <laughs> <laughs> the point of music in the liturgy is to enhance the sacred. Okay. And we all have our preferences in music. I totally get it. We are a generation that grew up with all types of music in our culture and you can't get away from it, right? Like music's played in every store, every restaurant, whatever it is. And so, um, Pope St. Pius X, who is a really fabulous Pope, very traditional. Um, anyways, he said, something along the lines of kind of paraphrasing here, because we tend to like what we're entertained by, we will tend to be drawn towards those things and then deviate from the right rule on this question of what is sacred music. And so because of that, we need to be careful instead and to adhere closely to what the church prescribes. And it's so true saying that last line again, we need to be careful instead to what we think, what, you know, what we're naturally attracted to or what we're entertained by. Mm because the church does prescribe something specific. Right. And yep. so, you know, we can, we can fight our personal preferences, but that's so subjective, right? Sacred music is definable and we can look to the authority of the church, which is the best at defining things. <laughs> and so um, I'm totally going to butcher these, but there's two different writings. Um, Trale Sacrulindi. I'm probably oh, saying Trudini. it. Trele, Trele, <laughs> Dudini totally sounds like something I'll never be able to pronounce. Anyways, but it's from the 20th century. And I know that kind of sounds old, but if you think about it in the, you know, thousands of years that the Catholic church has been alive and thriving, it's pretty recent. Okay. And so what this document talks about is that it calls this writing calls Gregorian chant, because right now we're kind of we're, we're, we're debating what is sacred music. Does it include guitar or is it Gregorian chant? Okay. So that's kind of like right. the debate. And so it calls Gregorian chant, the supreme form of sacred music. And, you know, Pope John Paul II was actually a really big supporter of, of this document. And, um, there's also another document called 
Soctosanctum Concilium. I think I'm saying that a lot better than the other one. Um, but this was, this is like the constitution on sacred liturgy within the church. Okay. And so, um, it was brought in by the second Vatican council. Okay. And it says that Gregorian chant should be given pride of place and, um, Pope Pius X, Pope John Paul II, this Pope John Paul II and Benedict XVI, they say that they agree that Gregorian chant is, you know, among, you know, it's, you can say that it's one, you know, among the many options to compare it against the standard, right? It's just an option. But, but what they say, what the, what these three popes say is that rather they say that is actually the standard by which all other forms of music are compared to. Okay. So it's not something chant is not something we compare things against. It is the form. Okay. And so Gregorian chant in that aspect has no rival when it comes to liturgical liturgical music within the Roman rite of the Catholic church. And prayer is really the art of communicating with God, right? Prayer is our communication. And so we use music to enhance our prayer and to make it more beautiful. Music isn't supposed to be a song break in between our prayers, which is what guitar brings. Chant is actually singing our prayers. Okay, so chant is, that's the entire point of music is to sing the prayer, right? The most sacred and profound prayers within the Catholic church aren't actually written to a beat. So when you hear, you know, if you've ever heard chant, you can add whatever prayer to the, to almost like, I don't know these like, you know, special terms in music, did not study music. Um, but you can bring a prayer into whatever kind of tone. Think of the psalm they do at the Novus Ordo, right? It's different words, but it can be sung within a specific chant, okay? Like a specific rhythm. And so that's what's beautiful about, you know, this sacred music is that it's not written to a beat. You can't wedge these prayers into a time signature, whereas all praise and worship songs are essentially slave to the beat, to the beat right? The slave to the drum beat. That's what it is. And, you know, old proper chants that were a part of the Roman liturgy, liturgy for almost 2000 years are unfortunately, and usually replaced with these songs with these, with these, this, this, um, song break. Right. And another thing that the church really talks about is like sacred versus profane. And when I talk about profane in this, I talk about, um, it will, well, they say that the profane should never be introduced to the sacred. And in this case, profane means the common, the everyday. Okay. It doesn't mean like, oh, profanity, bad, bad, bad words, you know, right, like right. inappropriate. It means like profane in the sense that it's just commonplace, right? Like the music we listen to on the radio, for example, but sacred, the word actually literally means to set apart. And so it's something that was uniquely consecrated for sacred use, right? And so um, Brian, who, who made this video, he was talking and he gives a, an, an incredible example. It's so simple is that a coffee mug is a profane thing, common, ordinary. A chalice is a sacred thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't Both have a chalice sitting category. around in your house. Exactly. And so that's what it really comes to when we're talking about sacred, sacred music, praise and worship is a profane thing. 
but Gregorian chant is a sacred thing because you will find it nowhere else because it is, it is uniquely consecrated for sacred use. So yeah. let me just take a bow. <laughs> How long did that research take you? Not long knowing who your husband is, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know it, you know, Avery and I agree with you on everything. And I will say this, the every now and then we will have a Gregorian chant use um, like a youth Gregorian chant group come and sing at our mass, our Novus Ordo mass. Um, and we noticed a difference. We started to notice a difference in Carrie's demeanor during the mm-hmm. Gregorian chant mass versus the, oh, come to the table of plenty. You know, like there was just yes. a very different disposition that she held um, between the two. And I was just like, wow, okay can they come back every weekend? Like that'd be great. Well, it makes sense because they're singing prayers. What does prayer do? It brings peace. It brings calm, right? You're not singing a, a a rhythm. Okay. Right. (laughs) She's about to go jump and dance and all the stuff in the aisle. Yeah. Right. I'm like, it's just like, let me just snap my neck now and jump out the door. So, um, but, but Um, seriously. And so you go into, I mean, we've talked about Latin mass so much, but you go into Latin mass. It is wild. How many children are there? I mean, and they're all calm, silent. Can I just say that? Like when we were in (laughs) France, the first mass we went to was a Latin mass and you guys know, I'm not like an avid Latin master like CC is. Okay. But, but kids are kids are kids, right? Kids are kids. kids. No, not at all. And all the kids were just like, they were all the same age as my daughters. Let me tell you right now, my daughters are not that chill when they're at mass with us in Nova Sordo and Alabama. None of the kids in that mass are, but all the kids were just hanging out. I mean, maybe they were walking along the aisle, like the outside aisle, but they were quiet. Mm-hmm. They were like, they have to move because they're kids. They can't sit still for an hour. Sure. But they weren't screaming. No, they weren't like yelling and yeah. For the amount of kids that are at a Latin mass, and I will say almost Mind every other person has a baby, yes. you can hear everything perfectly. And I don't have a problem with yes. kids screaming, okay? It's really, I get it. Like it brings life into the church, right? But there is really and, an extreme difference that you find. In their disposition, there is. Because, I mean, if you take high mass, the whole thing is sung. Yeah. Like it is beautiful. There is an intriguing aspect that just draws you in and brings peace to the child because Mm -hmm. there is literally prayer going on the whole time within the, the the whole, there was, there's rarely silence because there's being sung prayer. And it only happens there. They Mm -hmm. only hear it there. So this isn't some other, it's not just like extra noise Mm -hmm. that they get to talk over and yell about and scream about like it. It's unique to that Sunday every single time. And that's it. They don't, they don't hear that noise anywhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah. has something to do with it. Yeah. You don't and, turn on Caleb and hear that. Let me tell oh, you. Heck no. <laughs> but I also will say caller, I used to be where you were. My dad loved an organ and I would always go, ugh, organs, hate them. And now I'm here. So I used to be there too. I used to be like, oh yeah, I want this like ukulele wedding. <laughs> I wanted a beach wedding. <laughs> And my dad I wanted, was like, you yeah. can't get married on the beach. And I was like, I used to again. say that too. I'm like, I want a beach wedding. Uh-huh. So, I mean, look, we all have said that I'm not saying that you're going to go at, go ahead and change your mind, but no, I think there's a, all. you know, feel free to change your mind. If I did, 
<laughs> we're saying that we have both over time changed our minds on things <laughs> and you're welcome to join the party if you'd like yes uh-huh um okay let's do let's do one more this is good this okay. is good okay hey Susie and Megan it's Tess um I was just calling in with my hot take um and so essentially my hot take I think is that I actually think body positivity is an overall good thing um I know a lot of people are talking right now that body positivity glorifies obesity and it uh, can glorify just you know a bunch of stuff where you're not taking care of your body but I actually think that's a very small percentage of body positivity um I think the bigger movement of it is you know, coming to accept and love your body for how it was beautifully and wonderfully made by God and essentially just accepting that your body is different from others, but that's okay. He intentionally designed it to be while still also realizing that it is your job and earthly duty to take care and maintain your body. Um, So not to mistreat it, treat it as a temple. Um, But yeah, a lot of my more um, conservative and religious friends are really shocked when I say that, but I think overall it's generally a good thing and there's just a small few who have worked it into a bad and healthy thing. Um, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed this hot take. Thanks. Okay. okay so um, I totally, I, I totally get what you're going for the perspective. And I, I agree with you, but what I will not agree with is the labeling of your ideas as body positivity. Like I agree with what yeah. you're saying, but body positivity as like the rhetoric around that and that label, it's been hijacked by the extreme leftists. It just has. Okay. That's not a conspiracy theory. Look on any health magazine. <laughs> there is no, it's like unhealthy people. Yeah. Are being sports illustrated and it's a obese person for body positivity. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, like it's the same way why in the early two thousands people, you know, there was this whole thing about like, yes, let's put anorexics on the cover of magazines. It's like, why are we now celebrating the other end? Okay. Right. You know, like we have gone to these two far extremes within like 20 years and it's just wild to see, but what you're talking about is amazing. But I actually think labeling your ideas as body positivity actually does your message a disservice because yeah. anytime you say that you owe it, owe it an explanation because you're going to be taken the wrong way because mm. That is the cultural label body body positivity has, right? You're not going to change that. That's just what it is. Unfortunately, like many good things, they're hijacked by the extremes and then pushed that messaging through all the media outlets and celebrity in Hollywood and all those things. So I get what you're saying, but the term in what all the crap that comes along with body positivity is doing your messaging a disservice. Agreed. It's just like feminism. The first wave of feminism was the right to vote, but that got hijacked and is now the garbage that we see today when people like I back when it was first wave feminism would have been like, yes, call me a feminist. And now I'm like, please do not. I will never take that term and slap it on my face ever because I do not want to be associated with what it is today. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, it sucks because you can't just look at what the word means and say, yeah, I know what you mean. 
because body positivity is an inherently good thing but because it's so socially and culturally wrapped up into the crap that it is you can't you can't just say it and assume people mean well with it or understand or even just understand it's not the definition anymore whether you like it or you know whether you hate that it's the reality is that what you're talking about is not the definition of body positivity and it will never be anymore right right same with feminism yeah so feminism today is i mean abortion (laughs) yeah abortion um kids somehow worse somehow like gay rights wrapped into that yeah i was gonna say (laughs) there's like so much random like like um birthing persons Uh uh-huh i'm like absolutely not yeah it let me just say let me end with this oh no it is a red flag if your man if your man says he's a feminist i support feminists i'm a feminist i support the mission oh no i'm like oh so you support a woman taking full control of your life and you're gonna live the rest of your marriage in passivity Hmm. yeah that's what i hear you (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna she's gonna chop something off so (laughs) my god your your hair oh my gosh yeah way to clarify (laughs) your dignity yeah Uh we'll just leave it there (laughs) i well i was literally she wouldn't have to she wouldn't have to chop it off if you're if you're a man that's calling yourself feminist it's it's already gone yep it was gone years ago you've already been neutered years ago (laughs) i'm just saying I can't wait for all the bad reviews that comes from this. I mean, did we just shoot ourselves in the foot or did let me just say the, the, the tens of thousands of you that listen to this and love us, we need you to leave reviews. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not the one negative Nancy that stumbled upon us today on the hot takes day. And is like, this is whack. (laughs) okay this is the best way to support our podcast is by rating and reviewing because through this podcast algorithm the way it is it then is reached out to other people that need to hear this messaging um whether you agree with it or not (laughs) I just I (laughs) I just get so mad that people don't even find the office funny anymore because everything's just too offensive oh my gosh the fact that people are offended by everything today it's just like I know darn that must be a really boring, sad life to live that you yeah. can't even have a differing opinion than someone or have a lighthearted joke about something. I don't know. And then they attack your character because people don't yes. see a difference between who you are as a human with a soul versus an opinion that, that you, you carry. Yes, yes. Very Which different. could be likely to change. Like that's the craziest thing. People don't allow for you to change in this culture. They do not allow it because they will dig whatever it is up from what you said 10 years ago and then hold you against it. The culture does not allow people to change. And that is so unhealthy. People feel so uncomfortable. And I think this is actually total tangent, but I think I see this in the Christian culture where it's like someone gets more devout or someone gets really into this, you know, they get more religious or they start veiling or whatever it is. And not that being more religious has to do with veiling. It's just an example. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) clarify now, clarify, right. But they change their view on something and they feel embarrassed to 
act on it because it's embarrassing to show that you've changed. Yeah. Or, or you make that decision and people are like, you're fake. Cause you used to wear crop tops five years ago. Yes. They don't allow it's you like, to change. I can't have changed. I can't, I can't have made a different opinion. like it's it's actually good do I want the same do I want to have all the same opinions I do today as in 2033 I hope not right right same I just think back to even four years ago three years ago when I first became like before I had kids and now praise god I don't have the same opinions anymore about things Mm -hmm. or like before I was a wife to now Praise God, I have changed my opinions about things. Like, and I mean this, like I'm, I mean, like literally, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it would be <laughs> a problem. My life is so much better, more peaceful. My marriage is healthy. If I were the same Meg before marriage as now, oh man, uh, I probably, I probably wouldn't be married. <laughs> I don't even know. You would have been a feminist. I was a feminist. No, really. I was like, I don't need guys to hold the door open for me. I can do it by myself. I literally held that opinion, you guys. Okay. And like acted out on it. Like was like, no, I can hold the door. Thank you. What are you saying about me by holding the door open for me? Oh, it's that like I'm my- worthy of being taken care of. No, I don't need you. Oh, you think my biceps not big enough to open that door myself? Are you kidding me? In my crop top, you don't see these six packs? I am a division one soccer player. I don't need your help. I am capable. Like (laughs) that's actually where my brain was though. Do you know who I am? Years ago. Stop. (laughs) Literally though. I mean the, the arrogance. Okay. So all that to say, we're here to, um, let you change. If you want to change, if If you you don't, that's fine too giving you the freedom to change and show that you're changed and own it and be proud that you have, because the people that are the same people, they are 10 years from now. If you're not growing, what are you doing? You're dying. You are. Well, we're all dying, but yes, at least we're becoming better people before we die. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Heck yes. What in the dang heck? (laughs) Heck yes to this episode. You guys are a lot of fun. It was, it was great. You guys were a great audience today and we really just enjoyed it. Yeah. And honestly, this like makes sense to have done a couple years into having done this podcast. So it was like, we know you guys, you guys know us. Like, let's have a good, let's have some good fun with this. Uh-huh. Yep. So good. here we are. Leave your, um, leave your heck yes, heck no moments at 312-775-2615. Meg and I still do our Patreon. We freaking love it. So if this podcast has blessed you in any way, we would love to have you on our Patreon team. It's a donation every month, whatever, whatever amount you would like to give. And, um, the second Sunday of every month we do a Patreon call. So it's, um, like a zoom call and we love seeing the same, we, we like usually have the same girls come and it's great. It's so awesome just to have some girl talk on a Sunday night, grab some wine, grab some hot hot cocoa, whatever it is, but Stanley's grab the Stanley, grab the Stanley, grab the freaking Stanley. And, um, he's the only man that's allowed in this. (laughs) Stanley is the only male entry. I would just like to say, I wonder how many Stanleys are going to be born. Like people are going to name their kids Stanley. Oh, I hope not. Like goodbye, Brinley. Hello, Stanley. Brinley. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. With that, we're closing out before we offend people with the name you gave your kid. All right. (laughs) Love you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
thanks a ton for listening to the What in the Dang Heck podcast. We'd love to hear your What in the Dang Heck moments. So call our hotline at 312-775-2615. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rate and review, share with your best friend, and might as well follow us on Instagram while you're at it.